Welcome. Episode three, Tub Club. Thank you for joining. This is Bubs. This is Larry. Another episode uh, presented by, wow, Bet Fred Sports and the Bookies Basement. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, anything and everything. We are now on TikTok as well. You follow the Tub Club. We got some exciting news. We got a big game this week, Cyhawk Week. Larry, how pumped are you? I'm excited. Uh, week one was awesome. There were a ton of games, a lot of fun. Um, some teams are good. Some teams aren't very good. Uh, we got some picks right. We got some picks wrong. But, um, I mean, Thursday through Monday night, we had college football. It was awesome. Incredible. So, with that being said, let's have it. I had a pretty good week. I was positive. I went five and three, uh, just a couple quick hitters, Minnesota plus seven and a half in the first half, nailed it. Uh, we'll talk more about that game here in a second. Uh, really kind of hurt my chance with some of my Heisman picks. Uh, South Dakota State almost won the game uh, against Kansas, and they were 15 and a half point or 15 and a half point dogs. Uh, Wisconsin, we'll talk about that one, Larry, when it gets to you. That was your lock. Maryland, nailed it. Miami, that was my lock. God, we need to chat about that for a second here when we get there. Georgia, they're winning the SEC. They'll be the national championship cover. UCLA, cover again. No sissy blue, Ed Ordron. And Washington State, 16 and a half point favorites. Lost straight up. Larry, do you want me to run through your games or do you have them up? Uh, I mean, I definitely know the ones I have wrong. Um, I was, I mean, I was all over Clemson, which I think a lot of the, a lot of people were all over Clemson Yeah, and they weren't prepared. Um, that game was a defensive battle. Neither, neither offense scored a touchdown. Um, but I mean, DJ was my Heisman pick. He was looked terrible. Um, (laughs) He was unprepared. Their play calling didn't help at all. I don't understand why they weren't throwing quick slants or just screen passes or um, swing passes. They only they didn't even attempt to rush the ball. Um, Two yards, yeah. the whole game. And with that said, they'll probably still make the playoffs and win out. Um, but I, I, I was definitely dead wrong on – I also had the over in that there were – there were um, – yeah, it wasn't – the over didn't hit. It was uh, <laughs> 13 total points. Um, uh, a couple other ones you had was Northwestern. That was a tough one. Um, yeah, they were terrible. Yeah, they yeah, were I really mean, um, Michigan State looked really, really good. Uh, yep. That running back ran all over them. Yep, um, yep. I also had the under in that game, which a lot of the public was on. And um, that game went way over. It was just touchdowns. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Northwestern made Michigan State look really good. So I don't want to call it your losses. Let's talk about one of your great picks. And the one that went under the radar that I thought was just outstanding, Nevada, plus three and a half. Yeah, no, I talked about Carson Strong and uh, Romeo Dubs. Um, they're legit players. Um I should have had some bigger balls and took the money line on them um, as well as UCLA. Cause I mean, I feel like everybody in the country was on UCLA also. Um, yeah, that scared me. I, but you had a good pick there too. Uh, Maryland. Maryland was also a dog. Um, I mean, it's week one, but we'll get a little more cocky here in the future. But like, <laughs> I, I, I think we should have been on the money line for some of those, some of those smaller line dogs that we liked. Um, Nevada, UCLA, and Maryland. Um, Georgia. Uh, not so much, but uh, <laughs> that wasn't as clear as I, I think you really like Maryland. Um, I really like Nevada, and then I, I think we both like UCLA. Yep, that's true. We both had UCLA on our cards. You had Nevada. I had Maryland. Uh, you also had another good one. I mean, you went opposite of my lock. You took Bama minus uh, 19, and We'll just take a minute real quick. Uh, man, I was wrong. Hand up. That's on me. Um, I thought, I, I mean, I was watching the game 
And I know they started down like 14-0. And there was like a third and seven for Miami. And fucking Manny Diaz runs a draw play. Like, not, not quarterback draw either. Don't let Derek touch the ball. No, he ran a draw play for the running back on third and seven against Alabama defense. I don't know if he's trying to trick him, catch him off guard. Just little things like that just bothered the fucking shit out of me the whole game. And, yeah, I mean, I'm owing one of my locks, man. I started last year 8-0, so I don't know what this means. But I got a card today. Uh, we'll get to that. But, Larry, we were both on Wisconsin, your lock. What the fuck happened there, man? Let's go back to Alabama for a second. Okay. I mean, you owe, you owe Bryce Young an apology. Um, in my <laughs> mind, he is, he is the favorite for Heisman after watching him play. That kid was so calm in <laughs> that game. He looked like an absolute stud. They didn't miss a beat. They were better at Miami in every single position. Um, Alabama's – they didn't lose anything from last year. Um and I think this team has more space to grow. Um, with that said, Miami stunk. Miami's defense was awful. Yep. They got no pass rush on even close to Bryce Young. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, Alabama was just better. That, that was an easy pick. It wasn't my luck, but um, they, they covered the 18-and-a-half, 19-and-a-half easily. easily. Um, but you owe Bryce Young an apology. No, Bryce Young – Fuck him still. I still think he's hot garbage. And let me tell you why real quick before we move on is that Bryce Young, CJ Stroud are the same quarterback, right? CJ Stroud had pressure on him and we'll, we'll get to that. One of our main games today, we're going to talk about two main games. One of them, Oregon, Ohio state CJ Stroud, when he had pressure or when he thought pressure was coming terrible overthrew people uh, through a pick to end the half, uh, just no pocket awareness no nothing, but when he had time and he let his receivers run wild, again, we'll talk more about Ohio State here in a second, he made plays because his wide receivers made plays in order to run the routes. Bryce Young, the second he plays Georgia and that front seven, watch out. That's all I got to say. You're going to see his true colors then. Mark my words. Took me a little bit. Don't get me wrong. He's better than what I thought, but he's not great by any means. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, but, I mean, Bama's still lagging. Um, yeah, they'll, yeah go, I agree. they'll go undefeated, lock them in for the playoff. Um, but I mean, on to my lock, don't really want to talk about it. But I mean, Wisconsin was awful. Um, three turnovers in the 10 yard line, three, and they were bad, they were bad interceptions. Like, I, I, I don't know if the quarterback just didn't see these guys, it wasn't even looking for the defenders. Um, that game was awful. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people were on the under. Um, which that came in. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, Wisconsin's season's over. I think you had them in your college football playoff. I think I did, too. Um, and, boy, were we wrong. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I mean, they're going to lose multiple games. Um, Dude. I, I actually think we both had their win total over, too, which could be – which might not be – it doesn't look so hot now, but they could they could recover – um, maybe we just underestimated Penn State, but I mean, Clifford still looked wild. You watched more of the game than I got to. Um, Dude, all Clifford would do in the second half, it was crazy. He would do a three-step drop, wait a second, and just bombing up the left or right field. And, dude, his wide receivers would have five, six steps ahead of the DBs. He'd do a quick pump. They bite every time. And that's how he had all his passing yards in the second half. It was wild, just absolutely wild. Like I was seeing tweets on tweets just showing like, hey, Penn State, why don't you just toss the ball every play? Because they couldn't run it. Graham Mertz couldn't do a handoff exchange, fumbled it twice, throwing picks at the end of the game. Just completely not what I expected. And it was at Camp Randall too. Like that, that's what's tough. Uh, yeah. The jump around atmosphere was unreal. Like that, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that was cool. That's that's how Saturday started. It was everywhere on social media. It was like, oh yeah, Wisconsin just couldn't couldn't come out and play football. It, it was gross. It was gross. <laughs> so on that note, let's kind of talk about if you listen to our episode one, we do have our bold predictions for the year, and we kind of just want to do a little segment as to like what we got right or what we're heading in the right direction and what we were dead ass wrong on. Um, I'll start, Larry, if that's all right. Uh, what I got wrong, I always start with the bad first because I want to end it on a high note. 
but it's Manny, or excuse me, Miami being able to avoid Manny Diaz. Uh, he is just a, um, what do you call that? Like a roach in the attic. Like you can't yeah. cause the problems. Just you have a good house, but you have this roach up there that's just destroying the structure. I don't even know, but it kills me. Just let Derek King play the game and take care of business. Uh, number two is we just got done talking about Wisconsin winning the Big Ten. That's a big question mark right now. Unless they can figure it out, their DBs get better and don't bite. Graham Mertz can hang on to the football or they can close the drive. That's big. And lastly, my Heisman picks. Larry and I were texting about this over the weekend. I had Mohamed Ibrahim from Minnesota who got injured. He's out for the year, unfortunately. Great running back, had a great game. Uh, I also have Jaden Daniels who got hurt. I'm not sure about his status. I don't think he's out for the year by any means, but definitely a tough look. Uh, and then I had Derek King, which we just talked about. Manny Diaz just is ruining that team. And it's unfortunate because I think they got something good. But Larry, what'd you get wrong? Uh, well, yeah, just one more on my week ones because oh, I, mean, okay. I, I did take Indiana plus four. Um, and I will, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Iowa when we get to the preview of the Cyhawk, uh, bowl, but, uh, yeah, Michael Penix Jr. I mean, was awful. Uh, he threw three interceptions, um, two for pick sixes, but I don't want to, I think you, you said he, he could be a Heisman candidate. Um, yeah. So I want to mention that I was either really wrong or really right on my picks. Um, there was no in between, um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so um, so I had Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Wisconsin in my playoff. I still like three of those. Clemson's going to win out and because they're Clemson's. The committee will probably vote them in. Um, yeah. Not dead yet. Yeah. Um, DJ DJ's Heisman hopes might be dead. Um, Pickle pepper. It, it was not doing the fucking Dr Pepper commercials. He's drinking too much Dr Pepper. He, <laughs> He just wasn't ready for that game. Like, I don't understand. Um, I thought he had the experience, went to South Bend. It didn't matter. Uh, Georgia ate them up. Seven or eight sacks. Um, I have Wisconsin over nine and a half, which we'll see if they can turn it around. Yep. yep. Um, I Which also has the Penn State under eight and a half, which Penn State might be good. I'm no. still not sold on them. Clifford's still wild. Um but I still, I still feel pretty good about most of my predictions. Um, I think Wisconsin's the one where both, like, what what happened week one. Yeah. I, I honestly think that Penn State is still a bad team. I just think Wisconsin's even worse, and I just – I didn't see it coming. Like, I literally thought that they would be in the national championship. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, that's in the past. But anyways, let's, 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 let's start a more positive note. What, what did I get right? What do I feel like I'm in the right path for? Georgia, actually good. Called it. DJ Ugalele, uh, fat Dante Culpepper. He can't make plays. He's too young, too inexperienced. I called it out. I say he didn't play in the Notre. He didn't play well in the Notre Dame game last year. I said why, even though if you just look at the paper, it says he actually played good. Uh, Arizona State is good. They're going to win the Pac-12. Pac-12 North is bad, uh, but they will have some challenges with. Uh, USC and UCLA. Uh, Rattler is absolutely reckless. Called it out before the game that he'd have two plus picks against Tulane. Sure enough, I think it was his first or second pass of the game. Started with one, ended with two. Uh, they just barely got all that in Norman against Tulane, which props to Tulane for coming up and showing up to play. I said Stroud would struggle. I knew Minnesota would 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 just pound it up the middle. I knew Stroud would struggle under pressure, but. So that went out kind of like 50-50. And then lastly, TCU killed it. TCU's won the Big 12. Uh, if you didn't watch the game, they played great. Max Duggan killed it. Great. Just orchestrating that offense. Loved every second of it. I do have a knock on both of us. Uh, week one, uh, neither of us took our own teams. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, we bullshit them. Um, <laughs> Coastal, Coastal played Citadel. Uh, the line was 35. It moved to 32 the day of the game. Yep. They still covered the 35. I should have just taken Coastal and over. I'd said I was going to do it. I didn't do it because 35 scared me away. 
Citadel runs the double wing T, the stupid run offense uh, <laughs> with backs. Um, Coastal dominated them. And I mean, you should have took Iowa. Like, I mean, you should have never doubted Iowa at home. I, I thought Indiana was a decent team, but Indiana maybe not good at football this year. So as a lifelong Hawkeye fan, um, it, it's, it's tough because they play well against ranked teams or teams that are very good, but then they'll go play Purdue on some random November day and get beat 12 to 10 or something. Just, I don't know what it is. So that was just in the back of my head. It scared me, but again, you're right. Bullshit took our favorite teams. We'll see what's in store for this week, but anything else you want to call out your bold predictions that are. No, I mean, I, I'm very chalky and I mean, Alabama proved they're still very, very good. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Ohio State also proved that they're good. Um, it's, I mean, it's probably a different game if Ibrahim doesn't get hurt, but um, Ohio State, the athletes that they have on that offense, the, the amount of big plays that they just break out for, um, it's, they're very good. And I mean, they're poised to be one and two with Alabama. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I like that I was chalky there and I still believe in those two teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, Iowa State, I have them as women the Big 12. I, they look bad week one, but we'll talk about that. Same with Oregon. Um, they weren't as impressive, but they escaped with wins, which all matters. Really, it, it is really all that matters. Yep. Um, but that that's really all I had on uh, kind of our predictions and what, what went well and what didn't. Okay. So our first big game of the week, we want to talk about Oregon at Ohio State. And with our good friends at Bet Fred Sports, again, if you live in Colorado, Pennsylvania, Iowa, or Nevada, make sure to check them out. They currently have the line, at, as of the recording of this podcast, Oregon versus Ohio State. Ohio State is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite at home, and the total is 63-and-a-half. Larry, I'll let you kick it off. Um, yeah, so Oregon, week one, Oregon beat Fresno State 31 to 21. Um, Ohio State beat Minnesota 45 to 31. Um, I went back and watched the Oregon Fresno State game. I want to get a feel of what, what those teams looked like. Um, and then I watched a lot of Ohio State versus Minnesota, and we've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's a couple of question marks. Um, Oregon has the best DN pass rusher in the nation. Uh, Kevon, yeah, Kevon Digado. Um, he got his ankle rolled up on, so it's a question mark <laughs> now. Um, I hope he plays. Um, I think he's their only chance to be in this game. Um, Duell's real good, too. The number Where's number one for Oregon? Um veteran linebacker um they need to get a pass rush on stroud um minnesota couldn't do that and Stroud kind of got comfortable as that game went on yeah. against soda at minnesota um and they were able to just break off huge plays um but i mean fresno put up 24 on them um and that's because oregon couldn't get a pass rush on fresno yeah so that that's a huge concern. Um, I, I like Ohio State here. Um, I like their weapons. I think their secondary is a little suspect. And I mean, Ibrahim had 30 rushes for like 170, and he he barely he played like a half a football game. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let me oh, any play on the total? 63 and a half. I'll give you my picks. I'll let you break it down here. Uh, break down the game. Um, okay. So, real quick, Fresno State is not a bad team. They're actually a very good football team. Don't get me wrong, it was at Eugene. Uh, Oregon should have played a lot better. They should have won by a lot more. Kayvon Thibodeau didn't play the second half. Rolled his ankle in the first half. So, I'm going to play this with the understanding that Kayvon Thibodeau is playing. Right? So, if he doesn't play, my bet is null and void. I'm calling that right now. 
I don't think that's how this works, but <laughs> fine, I'll stick to it. I don't care. I'm gonna veto. I'm gonna veto that. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Oregon plus 14 and a half. And I'll tell you why. CJ Stroud in the second half had five passes for 236 yards, I think it was, which is a wild stat to begin with. Uh, four of those were touchdown passes. They were of like 70, 80, 60, whatever, because he had time. So when he sits back there, knows he has no pressure. You got Chris Olave. He could burn anybody if you give him three, four seconds of time back there just to let him do his thing, right? That's not going to happen with Kayvon Thibodeau. That's not going to happen with their star linebacker. I think there's going to be pressure. I think he's going to feel it. And I think we're going to see the, uh, the C.J. Stroud of the first half in the Minnesota game that, that we will in the Oregon game. Uh, it will be at home, which I think, if anything, I think it adds more pressure for C.J. because of how he started in Minnesota. And, like, you know, he, he got going towards the end. But Oregon's not going to let those big plays like Minnesota did. And that was just – Man, that was tough to watch that second half. I didn't have money on the game or the second half, but really wanted Minnesota to play it close. Uh, that being said, I love the under uh, 63 and a half, and I love Oregon plus 14 and a half. What do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't love that, either of those. Um, so my official pick is Ohio State minus 14 and a half. And over 63 and a half. Uh, I'm going completely opposite of you. I think this Oregon secondary suspect, um, I, I think that Stroud, to your point, those big plays, I think they're still going to be there. And I think they're going to be there more frequently this week. Um, Enclave, Wilson, Garrett Wilson, um, Master Teague Henderson, um, I mean, he, Henderson, Trayvon Henderson, the rookie running back, had a one touchdown for one catch yeah. for 70 yards. Yeah, uh, pretty awesome. Enclave had, a, Enclave had like a 70-yard catch. Wilson had a 80-yard catch. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that. And I think game one's done. They went to Minnesota. They took care of business. Um, I think they're going to put a hurt on Oregon. Um Oregon, Anthony Brown, the quarterback, looked all right. He ran one in and threw one. Um, their two running backs look decent, but I think Oregon's small. I don't think they're, they're, they have the size to compete with Ohio State, and I think their secondary is in trouble. I think their secondary is in for a long day. Um, they're going to be in deep trouble. If they can't get to shot at all, it's going to be – I mean, it's a three-touchdown. Um, Ohio State wins by 21 at least. So classic tub club, Larry takes the exact, or Larry and I take the exact opposite of each other. Couldn't be any better. We'll see how this year to date ends and what we're looking at, but we still need to come up with something uh, to see if like some sort of trophy or whatnot, but Oh yeah. The, the Ric Flair belt, right? I have my championship belt. Um, Should be mine because last time we played, but anyways, 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 that's a long story. Uh, let's get into our cards for the week and then we'll end with our biggest game uh, and some exciting news to come along with it. Larry, if you don't mind, I'll start with my card. I have a feeling that I'm going to take some of your games here. So if I do, please let me know. Uh, but right off the bat, Coastal Carolina. Let's go. Uh, what are they? The Charlotte Nets? Charlotte Clets? The Chanticleers at Minus 25 and a half. Love that. It's at home against Kansas. Like, give me a break. Like, that's a wild number. Uh, we just talked about it. I do have Oregon plus 14 and a half. Uh, next, I have Rutgers. I think they had a great showing. It was Temple that they played week one. But now they play Syracuse, another team that's way below expectations as to Back in the day when they had Don McNav and Marvin Harrison, you know, a little throwback for everybody there. But I do like Rutgers at minus two and a half. Uh, Georgia, I think they really come out and play against UAB. UAB is one of my favorite teams, but I love Georgia with the number at minus 25. Actually have some time back there. They got like four or five different running backs that are just going to pound the shit out of uh, UAB. TCU playing Cal, minus 10. Love TCU. It's at home. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about why I love TCU. I think they roll. Pac-12 is just way below par this year, and I just think that's a great number to get them at. Um, Iowa State, we're going to talk about in two seconds. 
Uh, last three picks, I got Arkansas plus six and a half home against Texas. I think uh, University of Louisiana, Lafayette, is not as good as people thought they were going to be. I think Texas, the way they won, it was good. It was a great game for them. Bijan Robinson had a great game as well. But at the end of the day, it's the Raging Cajuns, uh, the Fun Belt team. They're no Coastal Carolina is actually doing something where they're taking successful teams year to year to year. I think last year was kind of a fluke for the Raging Cajuns. So I like Arkansas plus six and a half. Last two, I got Michigan minus six and a half at home against Washington. Washington, I don't know what the fuck happened last week. Uh, they struggled. It was bad. Uh, I like the way Michigan can actually put up points this year. Um, I think their quarterback, Cade McNamara, uh, playing well. Um, just solid team, both sides of the ball. Not great, solid. And lastly, USC minus 17 and a half at home against Stanford. Stanford, man, they are bad this year. David Shaw, I think this might be his last year. There was I saw some stat where they ran like 38 seconds or 36 seconds per play. Uh, when they were trailing, like, you can't do that. You got to learn to hurry the ball up. This ain't, you know, slow pace, especially when you're down 10, 15, whatever points. So those are my picks. We'll have them up on the uh, the sheet here, the card, post on Thursday. Larry, what do you got? Yeah, it's. I mean, sounds like it's my week to shine, but we do have some of the same picks. So uh, hopefully the um, I'm also on Coastal, minus 25. Um Coastal's doing a whiteout. That game is on ESPN2 Friday night. Um, So that stadium will be all white. Coastal will be wearing all white. Um, You're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. Fuck that. We're wearing all white. Um, We're going to beat the shit out of Kansas. (laughs) Also have a play on the over. Over 52 and a half. Um, I expect Coastal to score... Frequently and quickly, um, their starters only played the first half against Citadel, and they still scored over 50 points. Yep. Um, second unit came in and still put scored touchdowns. Um, I expect Coastal to. This is this is one of the only. It's the first time Power Five is coming to Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina. So, okay. um, kind of a big deal. But I mean, it's. They're also 25-point favorites over that big power five team. So they have to prove it, um, and I hope they should beat Kansas by 30. Um, the next game I have is uh, I'm staying on the uh, I hate Penn State um, wagon. So Ball State plus 22 at Penn State. Uh, Ball State won the MAC last year. I like Ball State. It's a lot of veteran players. Um they're going to Penn State and catching 22 points. Um, so I'm taking the points there. I don't think Penn State's good enough to beat anybody by 22 points. Um, I think Ball State will actually take care of the ball. Um, they're not going to be making mistakes, uh, throwing turnovers, like and fumbling snaps. I don't expect to see that from Ball State. So taking the plus 22 there. Um, I'm going against the Miami Hurricanes again. Um App State plus eight and a half at Miami. Um, App State looked good. They played Eastern Carolina. They beat Eastern Carolina pretty easily week one. They're also a fun belt team. Um, They're going to Miami, and I'm taking them plus eight and a half. Um, (laughs) I I just – Miami's not good. Um, (laughs) They should bounce back this week, but I just don't think they're going to. I like App State's experience. They have a quarterback transfer that looks good. Um, App State's been there before. They, they know how to play these big games. Um, so taking App State plus eight and a half. Um, I'm also on, I'm on TCU minus 11 and a half. I don't know where you got 10. I'll take 10 too, because you got 10. But I mean, I had Nevada going to Cal and beating Cal last week. Yep. Um, TCU is going to just kill Cal this week. Um, Cal's got to go to TCU. I got the number at minus 11 and a half, whatever. I think they win by two, three touchdowns. Um, if, but if you're getting 10, I'll take it 10 too. <laughs> um, 
And then the last one is Liberty minus five at Troy. Ooh. Um, Li- Liberty, the Flames are really good. Um, Troy's not that good. Um, so I, I'm taking Liberty, the experience. I, and that Liberty blows teams out. They got a bunch of athletes that run up and down the field. Um, so Liberty minus five at Troy. I think Liberty also wins by a touchdown at least. Um, they're fast. They're big. Liberty's pretty good at football these days. Um, yeah. That's my card for uh, week two. All right. I mean, a couple of those. Like you said, I'm glad that we actually matched up on a couple of them. Uh, we'll send out the card. We'll post the card on Thursday. Obviously, keep track of our totals. Um, do you want to? All right. So my lock is for the next game that we're going to talk about. But do you want to call out a lock for this week? Yeah. I mean, my lock's Coastal minus 22. Oh, okay. um, and I, I also I, I think the over. Um, I don't I mean, I guess I'll, I'll just lock in the minus 25. I'll take Coastal okay. minus 25. Um, but I do really like the over 52 and a half. Um, okay. Yeah. What put the lock, lock it in. Um, Coastal. <clears throat> All right. So for our last game, uh, some exciting news, Larry, I'm going to let you start with the pick. But I'm going to just tell the listeners. College game day is going to I are going to Ames, Iowa for Iowa, Iowa state. First time ever, these two teams are ranked playing each other in the series. They're both in the top 10 in the newly released AP poll, number nine, number 10. I will be at game day. We will be vlogging all day, try to get as much content, clips, everything and anything. I'm going to try and find people. I saw Trey Young's going to be there. I've been DMing Chris Felica, hoping to like meet up with him, just say hi. He was our first guest on the pod. Uh, just a number of people are going to be there. It's just going to be madness, and it's going to be crazy. I'll try to get things up on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, obviously, we'll have a full video vlog. I, I got a cameraman I paid for off Craigslist. I don't even know. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Going to be a great game. But Larry, break it down. What do you got for picks? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't. I can't attend this year. Uh, really disappointed. Um, I had an obligation for a golf tournament. I have a member guest tournament this weekend, so um, had to had to take care of that. But uh, did um, anyone I, offer I, to pay for your trip up here by chance? No, no, no. Nobody offered for that. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said I, I won't be able to make that trip. Uh, playing in a golf tournament with my uh, stepfather. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is going to be an awesome game. Um, It's actually the second time in three years that college game day will be attending this game, um, which is awesome. Um, Like Bob said, it's, it's the first time they're meeting both as ranked opponents. The only time that Iowa state has ever been ranked um, was a long, long time ago in the seventies. So it's not like Iowa's never been ranked. It's more like Iowa State's never been ranked when they've been met. Um, Iowa's been ranked multiple times um, throughout the years. Not even, maybe more than multiple. A lot of times when they've played, Iowa is ranked. Um, you'll hear in our interview, but we talked to Drew Tate, and he said he said it best. But like finally, Iowa State's kind of they've elevated their game to um, the next level. Maybe uh, we'll see. Um, but I, I did add, do have some stats. Um, so Iowa beat India, Indiana last week, 34 to six. Yep. And Iowa State beat Northern Illinois, 16 to 10. Um, Iowa State really struggled with uh, Northern Iowa. Uh, that game came down to it. Um, and Iowa beat up Indiana, um, which it, it really, I mean, you could probably say it better, Bubs, but I, I think you got to throw week one out of the table. It doesn't matter for this game. Um, the Cyhawk Bowl, it's just – it doesn't matter what happened last week. True. No, I agree. Do you want – I mean, I want to end our uh, segment with my pick, and then we're going to the interview. Which I'm ending with my pick, so I want you to – I want to hear your pick. Uh, that's fine. I got more to talk about this okay, game. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, please. Um, so Iowa has played 23 straight games without allowing 25 points. It's the longest streak of any power five team. Iowa's defense was unreal last week. I went back and watched the game. Um, Riley Moss is probably the best cornerback out there. 
Um, he had two pick sixes. On top of that, he had two pass breaks up and one solo tackle. Um, Riley Moss is an absolute stud. He's the veteran in that in the D-backs. Um, he's, he's a top corner. He'll be playing on Sundays next year. Um, their linebacker, Seth Benson, was also excellent. Uh, he led Iowa with 10 tackles last week. Um, he leads their front seven. Um, it's going to be a defensive battle. Um, like I said, Iowa doesn't they're doing they're on their 23rd straight game of not allowing 25 points um which that leads me that's going to be one of my picks um but I, Iowa State's defense is also excellent Mike Rose is one of the best linebackers in the country um yep. he had 11 tackles um one and a half tackles for a loss and two quarterback hurries last week um and their safety, Greg Ellsworth, is also good. Um, he comes up and has to fill the gaps for their run game. They use their safeties a little different. Their safeties are highly involved with uh, filling gaps against the run, which that's going to be huge. Um, I'm excited for the running battle. Um, Goodson had a huge week one. I, I really like what I saw from Goodson. I was running back. Um, I thought he was better than Brees Hall last week against probably a better team. Um, but I'm excited for Goodson versus Brees Hall. Um, yep. I think both are going to look to establish the run early, um, and often. Um, I'm also excited for Iowa's tight end, uh, Laporta. Sam Laporta, yeah. Sam Laporta, yeah. He's an absolute stud. Yep. Um, he will be. He'll be in the NFL here. Um, yeah. He's got to play. He's got to finish this year. Um, but he he's a stud. Um, I'm hoping Iowa State's tight end, All-American tight ends, is good to go. Uh, Charlie Kohler, he's also a stud. Um, he was out week one, but he, he dressed. Um, so I, I think he should be uh, good to go. Um, so those are some of the matchups I'm looking at. Um, but Sam Laporte, they, I mean, they're both All-American tight ends. Um, yeah. And I, there's some exciting players on both, both defenses. Um, I mean, Brock Purdy's Brock Purdy's solid. I think he's gonna. I think week one. I, I think they were just getting their feet wet. Uh, he obviously missed his All American tight end, who he goes to frequently, and they use like three different tight ends. Um. um and then the quarterback matchup. I mean, Petras wasn't very impressive, um, but he didn't need to be. Um, they scored off the two pick sixes. Um, but yeah, let me, I'll, I'll, my, so my pick, I'm taking Iowa state money line and I'm taking under 64. Um, so Iowa state money line under 64. Um, those are my picks for this game. You mean 46? Yeah. 46. Under 46. Okay. That's the number. Yeah. That's the number. Okay. Iowa state money line. Under 46. Okay. All right. Your turn, Mr. Hawkeye. So sometimes, you know, especially when you do a podcast, entertainment, whatnot, it's about shock value. You need to keep listeners on their toes. So I'm going to kind of reiterate some of the things you said is that, number one, Petrus didn't play well. I didn't need to. You're right. But – if we need him come two minutes, you know, left in the fourth quarter to do a game winning drive, can he do that? I didn't really see much Tyrone Tracy. That's our best wide receiver. He's like, um, oh, shoot. I uh, can't think of his name. Tiny wide. He's like a Steve Smith, Steve Smith Sr. Uh, just a tiny guy, plays with the heart, fast, quick, agile. Didn't see a lot of him. Loved what I saw Goodson. Loved what I saw with the O-line. Linda Baum got hurt for a little bit kind of scared the shit out of me for a second but he seems to be okay defense solid riley mouse solid um but then we flip to the iowa state side you're right i'm terrified of this tight end we are iowa is tight end you uh, you know that's where it's at jack trice is a tough place to play um yeah they barely beat you and i you and i just kind of like the fresno state oregon game fresno state's actually pretty good you and I is actually pretty good. They're usually in the FCS championship or close to it each and every year. Very solid team through and through. 
Um, yes, their linebacking core on Iowa State 10 is great. Iowa State fans are going to come out here. This is this is going to be the game of the year for both teams, I feel. Um, that being said, I mean, the spread's at four and a half. Total's at 46 and a half. I'm going to go. No, I'm going with my alumni. Minus four and a half. Iowa State. There we go. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> Fuck that. Let's go, Hawkeyes. Plus four and a half. Take a money line. Take the under. Team total, Iowa State, under 25 and a half. Let's go. This is how we do it. Baby, we're coming. We're coming hard. Iowa, baby. Cue the music. Let's go to fucking interview. You hear me all right, though? Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, hey, Drew, this is my co-host, Larry. Uh, my name's Bubs. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on here with us. We'll make this real quick. It's Cyhawk week. I want to know, I know you're UT uh, Tennessee Martin guy now, and you got Samford coming up this weekend. Uh, will you, if the games don't overlap, will you be watching the game? Well, yeah. What time's the game? 2.30? 2.30 Central. Yep. Yeah, we don't play till 7, so hopefully I'll catch it. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. First question I have for you. How does it feel to be the person who ended Nick Saban's LSU career? <laughs> I mean, it, it's cool to be able to say it, I guess. But, I mean, it's, you know, other than that, it's just, hey, I own you, Nick. So, it's all. <laughs> Not many people can say it. So, But it's actually funny. He is 0-2 against Baytown League quarterbacks. There was me and then Brian Johnson beat him in the Sugar Bowl when they played Utah. So, he don't want to play Baytown League quarterbacks. I can tell you that. <laughs> Let me ask you, and then I'll hop it over to Larry here. What's it like the week of Iowa, Iowa State? Uh, I mean, just kind of give me a, a, like a feel for the atmosphere. Yeah, you know, it definitely uh, everything picks up a lot, right? Especially the in-state kids there at Iowa. Um, it's a big deal for them. But, I mean, a kid like me coming from Texas or Florida, shit, you don't, you don't know any different, right? So, um, but, no, it, it, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it was a hype week, I know for sure, whenever I was there. And uh, it was always an electric uh, environment there or at home. Um, it's a hell of a game. And uh, what, what's bet, what I like about it now is now Iowa State has, has taken a couple of steps forward. So now the game, I feel like, means more nationally than it just does locally, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Larry, what do you got? Yeah, no, I mean, I think this year is the first time both teams are ranked in the AP Top 25, which is it's crazy to think, because looking back, you went 2-1 and one against Iowa Iowa State during your time there, um, which I got to be pretty proud of beating them um, two out of three years. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one they got us on, I got knocked out. Hell, if I don't get knocked out, we kick their ass and we look at it. That, but hey, they, they got theirs and good for them. They got one. We got two. Actually, we beat them my freshman year too with Chandler and Ames. So we were three and one. I was three and one against them. That's what's up. So yeah. tell me, coming from uh, Texas, all right. So obviously, you know, Iowa, Iowa State, you know, wasn't that big till you got here. And I get that. What was your most memorable yeah. game? Was it the LSU game with the Hail Mary to Holloway or what was your most memorable game? My most memorable was the Wisconsin game at home. I won the Big Ten there. I'm kidding. Oh. I think, yeah, that, that to me right there was the pinnacle. Um, yep. the, the Warren Holloway uh, Capital One Bowl was just kind of a cherry on top deal. You know, it was a, uh, you know, that to me, that was just all Warren Holloway. That was his day. So, <laughs> uh, but really though, and, uh, but yeah, my, my favorite game was the, uh, my favorite game was the, the home game against Wisconsin for the Big Ten. And then the next year at Wisconsin, we beat them in 05 there. It was Barry Alvarez's last last game, I believe, as head coach. So okay. we kicked their ass there, too. So it was pretty cool, actually. I, it's something about the Wisconsin games. And I like playing in Madison. So like yeah. Kinnick and Madison. They were pretty good, pretty good, pretty good stadiums. And, and that was what I was just going to ask you, and Larry, I'll let you hop over. Is that outside of Kinnick, is Camp Randall your favorite place to play? Or uh... You could say that. I liked Camp Randall. Um, I liked, uh, what was it, the – Yeah, uh, so I, I went. I graduated from Coastal Carolina, and I saw that you coached under Coach uh, Maglia in 20, 
18. I was curious what that was like. And I mean, you really turn around the program. When I, when I went to school, it wasn't a very good football program. Um, right. Read a lot about, he came in and almost ran it like a business. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, first off, Coastal was amazing. I, I had a great time there. I loved living there. Um, and it was, it was just, it was perfect, actually. And it was a great start into getting my feet wet into coaching. And uh, I was on defense there, which was even more phenomenal. Um, never been on a, in a defensive room, you know, more than five minutes. And so being able to game plan and study and then give them my input on quarterback play and offensive play, I, I thought it really benefited them. Uh, and Joe Molia, yes. I mean, the guy is like just one of the most interesting men I've ever met. And, uh, uh, you know, he was a billionaire. And you're right. He did come in. See, he, you know, he was a football coach early on in his life. He was he had like four kids. I think he was a defensive coordinator at Dartmouth and just wasn't making any money working all the time. And he's from Brooklyn. So he moved his family back to Brooklyn and then jumped in Wall Street. And then the story was like. You know, they had uh, when he got to Wall Street, there was 29 BAs and a football coach and they all laughed at the football coach said he wouldn't be around. <laughs> and then hell within like, an, I don't know, less than a decade, he's CEO of TD Ameritrade. You know what I mean? And so he uh, and the way he ran and what my what I saw was, like you said, it was a business. Now, he wasn't a micromanager and he wasn't the next is an O's guy, but he was a pluses and minus guy. And what I mean by that is, okay, he's going to grade everything plus and minus. Okay, now I have these minuses. Now I'm going to categorize these minuses, all right? Well, how do I prioritize these minuses and what, what ways, you know, where's the, uh, where's the negative and what column, basically? Okay, now what's your plan to fix that, right? So the whole deal was it was just, you know, taking things from here all the way to here, right? And, uh, and I believe in that. And I learned a lot from him um, on that aspect, which – you know, to me, it sounds exactly like how you run a business because, you know, football is a numbers game. Business is a numbers game. And so I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, common denominators there. For sure. So yeah. I, I know you're the QB coach right now at <clears throat> University of Tennessee, Martin, but um, are you, uh, you know, once Kirk's reign ends, whenever that comes, who knows? <clears throat> are you, uh, have you had any chats with Ken O'Keefe? Maybe take over the quarterback's job for Iowa? I mean, that's, you know, I, I consider myself a lucky guy, but I don't know if I'm that lucky. Um, but I, I worked uh, uh, Chris Polizzi, who GA'd there and is our defensive coordinator here. We went up to Iowa for a camp in June. And so I got to see them, got to talk to them, got to work with the quarterbacks for the first time with Coach O'Keefe. So nice. I've stayed in contact with Coach O'Keefe as much as I could um, and Brian. And, uh, and yeah, man, you know, I, I love those guys. I love, I love Iowa City. I love, um, I love being a Hawk. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing like it. I mean, you know, I lived in Canada and then I'd go, you know, to Hawaii and then, you know, Caribbean and I'm always seeing Hawkeye stuff everywhere. And so, I, you know, to me, that just, just kind of, um, you know, symbolizes exactly what I was and what it's about. And, and I've been a lot of places and just nothing remotely even close to what I was, you know, um, from a, uh, you know, from just like, you know, from a student athlete perspective, from a fan perspective, you know, from a coaching perspective, I think all that stuff, it's just a, it's a unique place. And there's a reason why Iowa, you know, I wouldn't say I was elite, but I would always put Iowa at the top of the league, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. And yep. uh, I just believe in that. I believe in consistency and structure. I'm a huge fan. And I got that from Iowa, from Coach Ferentz. And so, you know, I've implied that to me as a, as a player. I was That's why I believe I was able to play as long as I was able to play. And then now getting into coaching, that's exactly how, you know, when I when the opportunity comes, I get to – I'm going to run it that the same way. Hell, yeah. All right. So, Drew, we know your time's valuable, so we'll finish it up with one question apiece. Larry, what do you got? Yeah, you, are you still waking up at 5 a.m. hitting the gym with the, uh, the farm boys like you used to at uh, Iowa? Man, I hadn't worked out in about four years ever since I retired. I, I – I never worked out because I liked to. I worked out because I had to. Like, I, I'm not a workout kind of guy. But the only place I enjoyed working out was at Iowa with Doyle and that because it, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't like just going to the gym and working out. No, I was like damn near playing a game. You'd be locked in. And so that was able to capture me and, uh, and being in that atmosphere with all the other guys who just live to lift weights and do all this other stuff. It was cool to be around those guys, definitely. Hell yeah. yeah, just one one more thing. I mean, will we ever see a dual threat quarterback again at Iowa? I think they need a dual threat guy there. Well, if I'm coaching quarterbacks at Iowa, you're definitely going to get one, maybe a handful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew, last question. 
we just need a final prediction on this Saturday, Iowa, Iowa State. What's it going to be? 76 to three. Oh. Love it. Love it. Let's Are you go. kidding me? <laughs> We're going to blow them out. I'm actually going to Ames. I'll be at game day just trying to rile up as many Cyclones as I can. So, Drew. That'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, thanks for having me and good luck. Safe travels. Y'all be safe. I know it's a scary place over there at Ames, but I'm yeah. sure the tailgate will be a good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Drew, thanks so much. Have a great day, man. Yeah. Y'all too. Thanks for having me. All right. And that was a great interview with Drew Tate, Hawkeye legend. Larry, this Saturday is going to be wild. Not the greatest slate of games, but the fact we'll have boots on the ground in Ames. Tell me how you're feeling. You ready for this? Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see uh, you out there amongst the people. Um, I'll be praying for your safety. Uh, (laughs) Drew Drew Tate actually said it could get dangerous out there. Um, Shout out Drew Tate. Uh, great interview with him. Um, he, he actually did coast coach at Coastal Carolina in 2018. Uh, so I got to talk to him briefly about uh, Coach Joe Maglia, the head coach during that time and what he's meant to the program. So uh, awesome interview there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's basically uh, what, what time does everyone wake up on Saturday morning? 5 a.m. You go to Casey's, get a breakfast pizza. Oh, yeah. um, Dude, what, what's that, three in the what does Saturday look like? Three in the morning, people are going to start showing up. I was reading something where you can't have, like, they have to pre-approve your signs. You can't have food or drink. So I'm not doing that thing, the game day thing. I'll maybe try and sneak in. I'm actually very good at that. Maybe we'll do an episode on that later. Uh, that being said, exciting weekend. College football is back, baby. Tub Club, thank you for joining. We'll see you again for week four. <laughs>